Greetings and salutations on a chilly Thursday afternoon. It is NBA trade deadline day. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with you. And this is the sports pen. Jake Durant once again here. He's got the coffee smelling strong, man. It is starting to get nasty yep. out there. Yeah, just trying to stay warm, trying to stay awake. Um, if you're driving right now, drive safe mm-hmm. because it is going to get worse, I'm going to guess. And uh yeah, man, it's uh, good to be here, and uh, like I said, uh, always a pleasure. Hey, we're making it work. I don't have really anything else I need to do tonight, so I'm just going to go try and stay warm, uh, stay safe, and that goes for everybody. If there's any event out there, let's just put it this way. If it's a high school game and it was scheduled, it's not anymore. Check uh, your local listings, what have you, to see if there's going to be makeup dates, what have you, uh, all that good stuff. But we've got plenty to break down regarding the NBA trade deadline. I like this day, especially in sports media. It's given me a new appreciation for it, that you look at all the moves that have been made around the league, not just today, but in the days prior, and you see how much the NBA has changed and taken shape. The Warriors still are the odds-on favorites. They've already released post-trade deadline odds as to who has the best shot at making the NBA Finals. Warriors are still the odds-on favorite, but there are four teams that are tied for the best odds to win the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia, Toronto, Boston, and who am I missing? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. How, am I, how can I miss <laughs> I like, Milwaukee? Yeah. Man, there's, it's getting to be that time of the week. Mm-hmm. Those four teams, no surprise, but maybe a little bit of a surprise is that they all have the same amount of odds, at least according to Vegas, that Vegas thinks they all have the same chance. I'm not surprised those are the top four picks to win the East, but... I'm a little surprised they're all on the same level of playing field because it's frustrating for me as a Celtics fan. You have Toronto out there made a big move today, getting Marcus Gasol. Philadelphia, a big move a couple of nights ago, getting Tobias Harris. Milwaukee swapped in a couple of players. Boston, biggest move they did is they send Jabari Bird to the Atlanta Hawks. Jabari, I mean... If, bird to the Hawks. Bird to the Hawks. It was really, you know, the the headline I saw. Mm-hmm. Boston sends Bird to the Hawks. I was like, wait. Not the one you're thinking. I, I got confused for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they feel like they have what it, what they need still. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they were out there trying to make some trades, but uh, just couldn't get anything done. But like you said, man, those four teams in the East, um, I don't know if they should be the same odds to win because I feel like Milwaukee, although they made a few moves, it was more for depth. Mm-hmm. I think Phil, when you talk about Philadelphia and Toronto, they made big moves that are going to affect their starting lineups. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you got to see what these moves are going to – how they're going to pan out. Um, I do think it was a nice move there by Toronto to get Marcus Gasol, who went healthy, is obviously one of the bigger, more skilled big men in the league. Um, you know, they're slowly trying to build a little bit uh, around Kawhi, who they're hoping is going to stay for the summer. Um, so they're, I mean, they, they're praying that that works out, but, um, that's a strong team. And obviously there with Philly, um, I do like the Tobias Harris trade. Obviously he can score the ball. He's a good defender. Overall, he's a really good player. I think they, they needed someone like that, but it's still going to be interesting to see how that big four kind of plays together and where the ball is going to go and, and how the points are going to be distributed. Because, you know, if Jimmy Butler starts to get a little bit annoyed that, about his, his, uh, you know, offensive game and things like that and the way he fits in that offense you know he's going to start you know stirring the pot a little bit and then obviously you got Ben Simmons who who you know is going to have to be more of a playmaker I think and kind of pick and choose when he scores and then you got Embiid and, and guys there but they do have I mean where's the depth there you know mm-hmm. talk about their bench a little bit JJ Redick is a good player but I mean I'm trying looking to see if they have depth in the playoffs you need depth 
Uh, yeah, it's a nice starting five you got there, but mm-hmm. what happens when foul trouble happens or someone gets injured or something like that? So um, although I do think Philly is, is going to be a little bit better, I still think it's Milwaukee's conference. I, I think um, when all said and done, I think we have a good chance to see maybe Milwaukee and Golden State in the finals. I mean, to me, that would be a great final. It would be a fun final. It would be a really watch, fun final. Absolutely. I mean, um, and a lot of people want to say, you know, once playoff time rolls around, the Warriors are going to get it together and things like that. But um, don't sleep on Milwaukee. They can mm-hmm. score the ball. I just watched them drop 85 points and a half yesterday. Um, maybe they don't have the, the big names or the, you know, the flashy names. Outside of Giannis uh, out, Outside of Giannis. But they have guys. Chris Middleton's an all-star. You know, they have guys that want to actually play defense a little bit mm-hmm. um, and things like that. But. I think that would be a good matchup. I mean, and they got they're with the trades and Miritich coming over there and things like that. I mean, man, they got some depth on that team as well that can that can really do some damage. So, I think that would be a great finals. They had Miritich, they had Stanley Johnson. I was a little surprised by that move as they made the trade with the Pistons to send Thon Maker over to Detroit in exchange for Stanley Johnson. Neither of those players really lived up to the hype that was put on them coming out of either high school or the college draft, what have you. But I feel like Thon Maker has a higher ceiling than Stanley Johnson is. I know you had to move Thon Maker. He didn't want to be there, what have you. But do you think they could have got a little more for him than Stanley Johnson? Honestly, I, I do think maybe they probably could have. But um, I'm pretty sure they moved Stanley out anyways. Is he still? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to fact check that. But um, I'm pretty sure uh, Thon Maker is going to be a pretty big piece to that team mm-hmm. um obviously stanley johnson he's had opportunities uh, i was a big fan when they drafted him i thought um in that draft where the pistons got him i thought they should have took james uh or winslow yeah um out of duke he's an all right player i guess it didn't really matter but um never really was a huge fan of him he has his moments but it was a really you know it was a struggle on the offensive end his offensive game wasn't that great defensively he was all right but it's too many mistakes i think it was about time he got out of Detroit. And like you said, Don Maker, uh, in Milwaukee, when he was playing, he showed flashes of, of being pretty good. Um, and I think that's going to help Detroit, um, you know, when you talk about depth in the front court. Um, but still, you, you look at the Detroit roster, do they have enough scorers? Do they have shooters? They, they traded Reggie Bullock now. Like, what mm-hmm. is their mentality? Are they tanking? Are, you know, what what's really happening um, here in Detroit? But uh, I think, you know, the trade's going to work out. Um, for Detroit in the long run, I think it was a, a good move to just kind of get rid of Stanley, who you know I think time time's up in Detroit, and and bringing a guy like Thon, who who knows what he can be. I you know? I really wanted them to land Conley. I wanted to see him coached by Dwayne Casey because I think it would have turned their season around to the point where they would have been a playoff. They would have been a five through eight seed, what have you. But that might have been pretty fun to watch. Maybe it wouldn't have transpired to much this season. But later on down the road, who knows? Conley's a great player, and I feel like Casey's the perfect coach to match up with him to bring the best out of him. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about Mike Conley, uh, again, just a crafty point guard that that would have been able to you know, play with Drummond and, and Griffin, and he can pass the ball, plays good defense. A lot of people want to give him um, you know, slack for the contract that he, he signed, but um, he's a good player, man. Uh, it would have been nice to see. He's He's one of those topper tier guys that were kind of being talked about to being available um you know I, I just don't know would it have been enough would it have done a lot i don't know if it would have really you know pushed them any further up the up the eastern conference standings or anything like that but it would have been nice to see him come in and just to see what he can do 
Um, again, Reggie Jackson's there. I think they got to move on from him, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, when Reggie's playing well, he's a good player, but mm-hmm. there's just something about him, man. You know, health is an issue with him. Yeah, he can score, but for the money that they're paying him, I just, I just think you can find better. Um, and I'm under the impression, like my opinion, I think Detroit should just kind of tank. Yeah. To be honest with you, I mean, you kind of reach a ceiling with this group. I wanted them to kind of try to unload a few guys and and go for the lottery because there's a lot of guys coming in. I I just don't know, man. This team has had opportunities. They brought in guys that didn't work out. Um, they can't seem to find that third piece to put around the the front court. They have a really good front court, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. They're strapped with with cap and they haven't had draft picks, so maybe they're hoping they can get a couple guys in the draft or something or bring somebody in. But I'm, I'm just, it's just it's a broken record with this team. They're they're 500. Most of the time, you know, AC is like the best, the ceiling, and I don't know. I just think it's time to kind of take a few steps back and, and and start over with this whole thing. You think that they can tank enough where they can hit a home run with a young player, grab a guard in this draft, sign him to a rookie contract, and save some cap space, which, again, they're strapped for. Can they tank enough to get R.J. Barrett, maybe even Cam Reddish? You think they can tank that much to get down there and have a chance? I mean, it it. it it would be hard just because of the amount of teams now kind of in the mentality of tanking. They've already been tanking yeah, since like there, November. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be a challenge in itself. Um, you know, who can tank worse or best? How does that work? Who can tank best um, without, like, turning off your fan base, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, because obviously fans still want to see competitive basketball, but... Um, could they do that? Maybe, but it would have to be an epic tank. That'd job. be more entertaining it, than, it than would be. trying this. Season. I think it would be honestly to to see them actually losing games, knowing that they want to lose games, but still trying to play like they're winning. I don't know. You'd just see some random players playing for the team, but you see the Dallas Mavericks right now. Mm-hmm. They're, Harrison Barnes getting traded in the middle mid of that game. mid game last night. I, and like I said, I was watching the game, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I was on social media, knew it before. Any one of the announcing uh, people on the game even knew it, so that was pretty insane. But the Dallas Mavericks—they know they got Doncic, they know they got Porzingis now. Those are two big pieces. Mm-hmm. What are they doing now? They're going to start tanking, knowing they have that possible top five draft pick. Just think if they can get a top five pick along with those two, who knows who they can get? They could maybe swoop up a guy, you know, like a, somebody from the Duke team or something like that. Um, so I mean. I would like to see the Pistons tank. I guess when it comes down to it, I would like to see the Pistons tank. One more piece Dallas could land by maybe even the end of the week is Enos Cantor because he was just released by the Knicks. They work fast. When a player says that they're not happy with the organization, they dump him before the end of the workday, and Enos Cantor is now officially a free agent. I'd like to see Boston make a run at him. I think I don't know if he's a long-term guy, but he'll start at maybe the stretch four. I'd like to see Boston go after him, but... I know he's good friends with Porzingis, and I almost wonder if he's going to try and recruit him down there to Dallas so you pair him up with Chris Stops and with Doncic and you hit a home run with somebody in the draft. Oh, man, Dallas could be back to full form run in the West next year. Yeah, I mean, I really like what Dallas is doing. Um, I really like the game plan they have, obviously bringing in Luka. Um, really started this whole thing, uh, you know, this whole strategy, I guess you can say, to set them up for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree Cantor's one of those guys. Um, again, not flashy, but gets it done, mm-hmm. brings a little bit of muscle, protects the rim, uh, has a little attitude, brings some toughness. He went to Boston. I think Boston could use him in the East because, you know, there's a lot of a 
with these other elite teams in the East, you can really use somebody who can, uh, you know, kind of neutralize the middle of the paint. And, yeah, I mean, if you bring him to Dallas, Kristaps Porzingis, he's one of those stretch guys that likes to stay outside and shoot a lot. Um, he can be down in the middle rebounding and, and doing the dirty work. So I think both fits. I mean, he can fit with pretty much any team in the NBA just the way he plays. Um, but, yeah, if you're a New York Knicks, do not mention anything about, you know, wanting to leave the team or so you're going to be gone. Um, I think that's what a lot but, of them want. <laughs> but, again, you know, New York, again, I think New York is doing the right thing for what their situation is. Now they can sign two big names. Will they sign two big names? That's the question. But you're signing two big names. You you know you're tanking as well. There's there's a chance next year they could have two superstars and have a nice little you know a nice little pick there maybe or something. I don't know. So I mean they're doing what they need to do, and that's just getting rid of everybody. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in the studio with us. We owe you our first time out. When we come back, we talked about the trades that did occur. What about the one that didn't? Where do the Lakers go from here? Next in the sports pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. NBA trade deadline. Another one has come and passed. And with all the talk the last couple of weeks about Anthony Davis and where he might go, his desire to play in a Los Angeles Laker uniform, it's not to be this season. You look at the Lakers right now and the optimism that they had this summer. July, it's announced LeBron James is coming to L.A., the optimism and the hope that team had with their young talent. And right now, they might be the biggest dumpster fire in the NBA. You saw a couple of nights ago, they got their doors blown off by Indiana by 42 points. It was the worst loss in LeBron's pro career. I don't know if you saw the visual or not, but there was a picture that was pretty telling where LeBron goes to the bench while they're getting blown out, and there's three empty seats between him and and the rest of the team. And I don't know if it means anything, but it's a striking visual because LeBron is distancing himself from these guys. In the press conference afterwards, it wasn't, we did, we got outplayed tonight. It's, they got outplayed tonight. And LeBron's image is starting to get a little more negative in the public eye. He's distancing himself from the Laker team right now. A lot of these young guys, you know, I know they haven't had great careers. They're rumored to be on the trade block, and their front office is telling them, we really don't think you're that good. We really would rather have you go elsewhere to get one piece and make a ridiculous offer for that to happen. I don't know where the Lakers go from here, but they're in a worse spot than they were two weeks ago and certainly when LeBron came there in July. Yeah, I mean, two things. How much? What did the NBA give the Pelicans to even bring up the fact that Anthony Davis was quote-unquote open mm-hmm. um, and available for trade? I mean, was it just a tactic to get people talking about the NBA? Because prior to the Super Bowl... What were you hearing? It was all talk about the NBA, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Very good marketing there by the NBA. Obviously, then you kind of see what the New Orleans Pelicans were looking for. They wanted basically L.A.'s whole team and then 10 years of their future. Um, So, I mean, they were making it clear that he wasn't available, basically, because if L.A. made that trade, they would have two guys on the roster for the next 10 years, basically what was going to happen. So, yeah, again, with the NBA trade deadline, you know, you can't really – until it happens – it's all obviously hearsay, and don't expect a lot of these big deals to happen. I mean, it was kind of underwhelming when you talk, when you think about it. I was more optimistic a week ago. Now that it's over, it's like, okay, a lot of like subpar pieces removed. Um, but with LeBron James, love LeBron James when he first came into the league, when he first had that stint with Cleveland. 
love the guy. Obviously, you know, he was a superstar talent, you know, something we hadn't seen before. Went down to Miami. I started kind of distancing. You know, I didn't like him as much down in Miami. No, Nothing against did. him, you know what I mean? It was just the way he, the handled, way he handled it, the way he was acting, whatever, whatever. He got his championships. I still respect him the way he plays. Just didn't like him as a person. Mm-hmm. Came back to Cleveland. He got a root for him coming back home. Started liking him again. Now I'm kind of feeling that similar to Miami, what I was yeah. feeling. I don't know what it is. You know, I just don't like the way he's he's handling it. Like you said, when that uh, photo of him coming out where he's four seats down from the bench away from his team, he's supposed to be the leader of this team, of this young group. Um, you know, and then uh, what did he say? Um, he said something. Um, he's accomplished everything that yes. he could want already, and he's not playing for right. anything that, else. Like, wh- everything else is icing on the cake. Yeah, what do you mean by that? That was like, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you're kind of being really defensive. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do this. You know, I already have done what I needed to do. Um, it's almost kind of like he's kind of, I don't want to say giving up mm-hmm. at the tail end of his career, but where's the, the motivation of yeah. winning more championships, the, the desire, the hunger to win these championships that all the greats have had? Right now it's kind of just seemed like he's kicking back in L.A. You know, his priorities, basketball may be number three on his priority list. Um, you know, it's not his fault. None of this is his fault. Um, you know, you guys would have been worse without me anyways, blah, blah, blah. It's it's hard to like a guy like that. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be a leader of these young guys that are supposed to be evolving as players, but really you're destroying their confidence. You know, obviously, again, another example of why people don't like to play with LeBron. Yes, he's a great player, but fellow teammates, none of these teammates like to play with LeBron. No. There's too much pressure. You know, um, he's hard to get along with most of the time. You know, he's kind of a diva, things like that. It's exactly what's happening in L.A. now. You know, he's he's the star of the show. Um, things are going wrong right now, so he's, he's been injured for a while, kind of distanced himself that way. Now he's back. Now it's not his fault. He's done everything he can do. Um, it's just hard to root for a guy like that. And, and you, you wish if they're going to lose, you're going to go down with the ship. You wish he was kind of rallying these guys, trying to lead them, just trying to get better and win a few games. But instead, it's it's looking like he's given up, given up on the season, given up on the team. And, you know, he's not going to be mentally there until they do move some guys. It's going to be hard to move when you have LeVar Ball uh, out in the media, you know, making guys untouchable like his son. Um, so that's another issue. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's. I knew it was going to get bad before it got better in L.A., but I didn't mm-hmm. see it getting this bad. I mean, this is this is bad. Well, LeVar Ball went on Undisputed today, and he said that his son Lonzo is a better player than LeBron James. He said that... Uh, if he were the coach, and, you know, he's coach AAU, he believes he can also coach in the NBA. <laughs> he says that if he were the coach, because Luke Walton is the worst coach Lonzo ever had, according to LeVar, that Zoe would be better than LeBron because he would turn him loose. That was his direct quote. LeVar, I don't know if you truly believe this or you're trying to generate hype or what have you, but as a media person, I'm kind of... I'm kind of glad he's around, to be honest with you. I mean, he gives us something to talk about. I know we all like to, you know, act like he's out there and insane and everything, but it makes the world a little less boring, I guess. Right. I mean, and it was right on cue. As soon as these trade rumors started happening, Lonzo was involved with them. Um, all of a sudden, you know, here comes LeVar all over the media doing the media rounds. Like I said, he basically made Lonzo untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the media saying, I want, to, I want him to play here in Phoenix. Blah, blah, blah. Now he's saying he's better. Like, that's complete. That's not right. I mean, mm. obviously he's not better than LeBron. Go ahead and let Lonzo, turn Lonzo loose. But what does that really mean? I want, I want to see it. Turn him loose. 
what can he really do? Is he really that good? Is it really Luke Walton? Like, if you turn him loose, what does that mean? Is he going to score drop 30 now? Is he going to go for 30, 10, and 10? Like, mm-hmm. is he that type of player? I don't think so. I don't think he has the – I don't know if it's the will, but I just don't think he's aggressive enough. He's kind of just out there floating around. I don't think he has that scorer's mentality. That's just me. Criticize LeBron for being in the league as long as he has and not being able to hit free throws. He's hitting better at the free throw line than Lonzo is. Exactly. I mean, I, where are you going to turn him loose? How are you going to coach him differently at the free throw line when he's out there, depending who's on your side? Exactly. That's what I mean. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Lavar is in the media just you know, saying whatever just to, to kind of stir things up a little bit. Um, it keeps the attention on L.A., um, and like I said, I mean, nobody's going to want Lonzo. I'm sorry. Like, even if it's a good trade, you mm-hmm. got to deal with LeVar. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a headache. Uh, he's doing that strictly to keep Lonzo in L.A. So, I don't know. Could LeVar coach the Lakers? <laughs> I mean, that That's what I wanted to go into. I don't know if he'll ever that coach would be the hilarious. Lakers. But could LeVar Ball ever coach in the NBA? Do you think there's a it, there's an owner out there I mean, think of the publicity you could get because you know he's going to go after all of his kids. Is there a team out there that could ever be in such a bad situation where they would let LeVar Ball be their head coach? Honestly, I think the only team I could see it, and I know it's never going to happen, it would be the L.A. Lakers just because LeVar is, quote, L.A. He's always been, you know, talking about he's from L.A., wants his sons to play in L.A., go to UCLA, et cetera, et cetera. It's Showtime. It's Hollywood. Uh, you know, could you see Levo- I think that would be hilarious. I mean, if it, if it gets bad enough, if it gets bad enough and you're just trying to sell tickets and, and stir it up a little bit, why not have LeVar coach for a season or two then get him out of there just to see what happens? Um, I think it would be hilarious, honestly. I would love to, love to see it. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. This is something about the Lakers people are not talking about enough, and I've said it since day one, since this all started coming out with the Anthony Davis uh, rumors, speculation, what have you. Why is Magic Johnson getting a free pass from all of this? Why is he not being held accountable for the spot the Lakers are in? Because you think back to this summer, and he just expected that Paul George was going to land in his lap. You think about what they could have. I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but think how differently the Lakers situation would look if he pursued Paul George aggressively instead of being so laissez-faire about it as to think that he's just going to come land in my lap because everyone wants to be a Laker. I don't even need a free agent meeting with him. Meanwhile, Oklahoma City's actually out there pursuing him, and that's why they landed him. But uh, excuse me, Magic Johnson thought that I can just entice Paul George to come here and play with LeBron because we're going to get LeBron, and that's going to attract someone like Paul George to come here. I don't even need to have a free agent meeting with him. What if he did it the other way around? and you land Paul George just by going out there and being an owner and recruiting him. Because I think Paul George, if he was recruited, he would have liked to have come play for the Lakers. And then you add LeBron after that. You aren't trading away your future. You aren't messing with your young guys' heads or their confidence by putting them on the trade block. You've already got a top-five talent playing with LeBron. Think how differently the Lakers could be. But no one wants to hold Magic Johnson accountable for this. I mean, I think he should. I think he's going to start definitely feeling the heat if – you know, they don't make any big splashes in the off season and things like that, but you're right. I mean, he's maybe he's just not that good of a, a GM. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's just not what he does. Um, obviously, right now, the mindset is with these players in the league right now that, you know, L.A. is not the organization that it once was that can just, you know, sell the city and, 
and things like that. And obviously with LeBron, I think that's ultimately hurting them a little bit more because of just kind of the the vibe that you get from these players talking on social media or in the saying, hey, it's not fun playing with LeBron. Why would I go play with LeBron in L.A. when I'm just going to be second fiddle and, you know, have to deal with his, his things that he brings to the table? But I agree. I mean, Magic Johnson should be getting held accountable because ever since he got there, the team's been going downhill. You look at a guy uh, in Philly. It was Elton Brand. Elton Brand. Elton Brand's there making moves in mm. Philadelphia. Um, you know, and yeah, they're not the greatest. They're not bringing in huge names, but they're getting talk about getting Jimmy Butler. Obviously, taking a chance that still has yet to work out. But now you're bringing a guy like Tobias Harris. I think that was a great move. Mm-hmm. Look at what he's doing. I mean, he's doing big things as a former former player. Compare that to what Magic Johnson doing. Magic Johnson is doing with LA in a better organization. It's more sellable. Um, you know, I don't think Magic Johnson is holding up to his end of the bargain right now. And you know, it's. It, I think the pressure is growing on Magic Johnson, um, especially this off season. If you're going to do something, you got to do do it this off season. I mean, you got to land something, or else you know the, the, it could go get really bad really fast. I feel Magic is a smart executive. I feel like he knows how to run an organization. I just feel like this was a lack of effort on his part. Elton Brand, you know, I, he knows what players go through, what they're like, but he knows he has to go out there and market the 76ers to somebody. He has to pitch that to a potential player. Magic Johnson fooled himself into thinking, you don't have to do that with the L.A. Lakers. It's like Nick Saban not recruiting somebody, just assuming he's going to come play for him because he's at Alabama. That kid goes to Georgia, and suddenly Georgia's playing for the national championship, not Alabama. That's the situation that the Lakers and Paul George are in right now. Right, exactly. I mean, you see the love Paul George is getting from Oklahoma City. The team wanted him there. The ownership wanted him there. Then you see what L.A.'s doing. You hear crickets or, you know, oh, he's from L.A. He's just going to come over here. You know, we're, we're the Lakers. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not getting sold on that. You know, mm-hmm. you're not coming, you're not bringing bringing a plan here. You're not showing us, you know, the steps you're taking to to turn this thing around. Why would I do that? And then when I, when I'm now comfortable in Oklahoma City, they're about to pay me more. Especially when you talk about, you know, Oklahoma City being able to pay him more. You would think that you wanted to get go and go hard at uh, Paul George. You know, get him in meetings. Say this. This is why you should come here. This is the opportunity. You can't. It's 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 no longer. You cannot no longer sit back and just say we're LA players are going to come to us. You need to go out and and you need to attract these players and show them that you have a plan in place. Maybe the Lakers don't have a plan in place. Maybe their plan was LeBron coming here and saving us all. I don't know. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in the studio with us. We are up against a break. When we come back, is there a double standard between professional sports regarding performance enhancing drugs? Is the standard different from one sport to another? Next in the Sports Panel on ESPN-UP. Welcome back to the Sports Panel on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Frigid Thursday afternoon. Again, stay safe out there. It's starting to get nasty. Winter storms coming in. If you had an event scheduled for tonight, chances are it's canceled. Here is your Sports Center update. MLB Hall of Famer Frank Robinson has passed away. Robinson, the only player to win the MVP in both the American and National Leagues, was the first African-American to manage an MLB team. He'd been battling cancer for many years. He was 73. Former Oklahoma Sooner head coach Bob Stoops is out of retirement. He has a new job as the head coach and general manager of the Dallas franchise in the XFL's reboot. The XFL set to restart in a little over a year. 
And finally, after video surfaced of Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes playing pickup basketball earlier in the week, Chiefs DM Brett, GM Brett Veach has called Mahomes' agent and informed him that Mahomes was in violation of his contract and must refrain from engaging in such activities going forward. No further action is expected. Tell you what, I saw that video. I get why they don't want him to be playing, don't want him to get hurt, but if the Lakers really want to make a move, sign him. He was pretty good. Honestly, I, I mean, if anyone out there didn't see this video of Pat Mahomes playing uh, basketball, what can this guy not do? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, he's a magician on the field when you talk about playing football. And he looked like he had some moves, man. He was shaking mm-hmm. and baking, nice little spin move. Could finish at the rim. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it looked like he could he could ball. Mm-hmm. He obviously a special athlete. Um, but it, it's crazy how how you know an organization can kind of run your life outside of the sport. Um, I get it. I mean, they don't want him to get hurt and you know doing stuff like that, riding motorcycles, and I know is a big thing. Players have gotten injured, things like that. The Roethlisberger rule. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, he he was balling. Um, I don't know. And you can get hurt doing anything. Look at John Wall. John Wall's injured. Remember Nate Burleson a few years ago? He broke his arm trying to stop his pizza that was in the shotgun seat from falling over when he stopped suddenly at a red light. You can get hurt doing about anything. And I mean, Mahomes is a heck of an athlete. And the scary thing is, basketball's his number three sport. He could have probably gone pro in baseball if he wanted to. He was that good. Yeah, I mean, when you have it, you have it. Mahomes has it. He has Special athletic ability, special you know mindset, um, can do well under pressure. Just just a good c- competitive guy. I mean, what a home run for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, it's one of those things. Like you look back on it, it's like how did we miss that? How did we miss? You know, he's he's so good. Honestly, I mean, and he's an MVP. I mean, mm-hmm. he's an MVP. Didn't think he should have got the award this year. I thought it should have went to Drew Brees. Just because when you talk about quarterback, I feel like I need like four years. Mm-hmm. You do it if you can do it for four years and be consistent. Then you can be like an MVP talk, um, just because we've seen quarterbacks have one or two good years and then they fall off. But well deserving, I guess, for Pat Mahomes in this one season. Let's hope he can keep it up. I'll say this: I don't think that you could have made a wrong choice between those two because both of them were deserving of it this year. They right. were both. They both had MVP seasons. They did. I mean, they did. I just felt like Drew. I don't know. Just tail end of his career, still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Kansas City and the Saints were pretty much even when where they made it to this season. So. Um, yeah, it was kind of hard, but I just felt like it should have went to Drew. But like I said, well, doesn't Pat Mahomes. I mean, I mean, like I said, the Chiefs are set, man. They just need to build around him, and they should be good. The thing about Kansas City, they never can seem to get like a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. They have a good tight end. They had Tony Gonzalez, Kelsey, mm-hmm. but they never had like an all great receiver. Like mm-hmm. you can't go to Kansas City and be a like, really, really good receiver. Ty- Tyreek Hill's good. I mean, he's fast, he's but really is, fast. He a, is he an elite receiver? <clears throat> is he an elite pass catcher? So that he can get open as long open. as you drop it in there. But is he going to make those spectacular Odell Beckham style catches? Right, I don't think so. I don't think so. They 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 don't have a guy that can just kind of line up and just beat somebody mm-hmm. off the line. I mean, it's just something about that franchise they can't get a good receiver. Well, Jake Durant from CBS Marquette's in studio with us. You mentioned MVP, and to bring up a different type of MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, and Julian Edelman this year. He had an outstanding Super Bowl, and he really had an outstanding season. Another one. We're used to that from him. Very few people talk about how he missed the first four games of this season because he was suspended for using performance-enhancing drugs. And I still drafted him in my fantasy draft because I knew what kind of receiver he was. I was willing to keep him on the bench for the first four weeks because he was suspended, what have you. I was okay with that because I knew he was going to be a star-studded receiver. But 
Yeah, I'm not going to advocate for steroids at all. I think sports are much better without them. I'm completely against performance-enhancing drugs. But is there a double standard between sports when it comes to PEDs, steroids, and what have you? Julian Edelman was caught. He, he actually did, and it's been proven, he did illegal performance-enhancing drugs. He wins Super Bowl MVP that same season, still allowed to play and win a championship with his team and become the most valuable player in the championship game. But a couple of weeks ago, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens weren't voted into the Hall of Fame because it's suspected, not proven suspected, that they've used performance-enhancing drugs. And I'm not going to give any sympathy to Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. I'll be one of the last people to do that. But is there a bit of a double standard between sports regarding steroids and PEDs? I, do, I mean, I do think so. I do think the NFL is a little bit more lenient um, on players, you know, what doing or using the PEDs just because, um, you know, they they get suspended and then it's it's not talked about. With baseball, it you know, you're not allowed to play postseason, obviously, things like this. I think it's because baseball takes it more serious just because numbers are such a big part of the game that they don't want it you know, diluted or anything like that. And I think, uh, you know, these records that, that players hold in baseball are just so, mo- so so much more important than, you know, you talk about football. It's more of a team game, you know what I mean, and things like that. It doesn't. It's not exactly tarnishing the overall league, I guess you can say. You get suspended. Yeah, you get suspended. You sit out your suspension. Everything's good. I'm sure they get drug tested for the rest of the season if you're, you know, doing that. Um with football, I mean, it's like I said, I'm not as well. I'm not saying advocating like do PEDs, but mm-hmm. players are coming off injuries. These players are getting hurt. You know, they need to take any little action to get back on the field as much as they can. Um, the NFL wants these players on the field. They want to have a good product, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I kind of can see like why people are getting caught up, and, and it happens way more than even people are getting caught. With me, it's it's hard to say. Obviously, I I think PEDs in the game, any game, are are wrong. But I can also see why players are trying to get an edge on trying to get back on the field. In the NFL, you know, you can get cut at any moment, lose your money. You only have 16, 17 games in a season. You got to get back on the field. You know, it's it's basically you know, you know, your livelihood. Trying to get paid. I can see why people are taking a chance, but I do think it's it, there is a double standard. I, I do think it, it varies in different leagues. And I obviously think baseball is one of those uh, leagues that take it the most serious. NFL, not so much. You get caught, do your time, move on. I honestly forgot that he even was suspended. Yes, a lot of people do. Nobody talks about it. Yeah, the Edelman, I honestly forgot until, you know, I saw an article on it. I was like, oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. He did get suspended. Obviously, I don't think he's on them anymore. No. But But the um, thing is, if he played baseball, this would stick with him throughout his career and we might not ever talk about Julian Edelman being a Hall of Famer. Now, will he be an NFL Hall of Famer? He might. I mean, maybe. There's a chance for it, I would say. I think he's still got some stuff left to prove, but he's on the right track if he's going to be an NFL Hall of Famer. But no one's going to care that he did steroids once, or you know, probably more than once, that he got caught once, we should say, and was suspended. No one's going to think back to the fall of 2018 to remember that and use it as a reason to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. See, my... With Edelman, I just kind of feel like he was just trying to get back on the field. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, faster. And so I can understand that. Did, did it make it, Would it have made him a better receiver? I don't know. I don't think it – would it have made him catch the ball better? I don't think so. Would it have made him 
maybe run a little faster. I don't think it would have even helped do that. I just think he needed to recover faster. With baseball, you know, you're getting juiced. You're hitting the ball better. Right. But you still got to hit the ball. You know, you still got to hit the ball. I get that. But, I mean, it's directly affecting the game. Mm -hmm. Does it affect football as much? Do you get bigger? Are you stronger? Do you hit better? Do you run faster? I don't, you know, I guess I would have to look into that. But I do think it directly affects the sport of baseball more, you know. Um, when you're taking these performance-enhancing drugs because you're hitting the ball the way you throw the ball and things like that. I don't know. I guess you kind of got to look into that. Well, that's a fantastic point that you bring up is motive and what's the reason for players using performance-enhancing drugs. Certainly Barry Bonds wanted to be a slugger, and he leads the MLB with 762 career home runs. Julian Edelman, I mean, would it help him as a receiver to take steroids? Maybe not as much as it would like a lineman. But would an NFL lineman still be held to the same standard as a DH in the American League over in baseball? Because at some position groups, it certainly would help more than others to do steroids in football. So I don't know what the reason was for Julian Edelman doing it, but I think it's important, like you brought up, how much motive is going to be factored into public opinion and ultimately awards, nominations, and what have you. I I agree. And, I mean, Julian Edelman showed... Like I said, I'm pretty sure the NFL was probably drug testing him all season after obviously uh, failing the first test. So he did come back, and he was clean, and he mm-hmm. still was a really good receiver. I don't think Julian Edelman was doing it to get ahead of the competition you know, competitively. I just think he was trying to get back out on the field. Again, PDs are wrong. But you know, he got caught. He said, hey, mm-hmm. I got caught. I'm, I, I take full responsibility. Yeah, I did it. I'm going to sit out my games, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be ready to rock. And that's kind of what he did. Let's do this last thing before we go to break. Maybe it's unfair to compare players like Barry Bonds and Julian Edelman. Edelman's a great player, but he's not going to be in the conversation for greatest receiver of all time when it's all said and done. Probably not. Barry Bonds is arguably, you put an asterisk next to the career home runs leader in Major League Baseball. He's trying to make a case for himself. His fans want to make a case for him that he could be the greatest baseball player of all time. But people are always going to come back and say that steroids enhanced him and got him there. But what if we were having this conversation about Tom Brady instead of Julian Edelman? Then would the perception change regarding steroids in the NFL? Or who could be one of the greatest of all time? Does the magnitude of the player that gets caught affect the surroundings of the league? I, I I do think it's it's the name, it's how big you are in the sport, you know. Are you the face of the of the sport? <clears throat> if Tom Brady was getting you know drug tested and and found positive PEDs, I think the NFL would have to go down a little harder maybe on him mm-hmm. just to show prove a point. Julian Edelman's just a small piece of that franchise, you know. He's not the one being called the goat or anything like that. Barry Bonds when he was slugging those home runs he was the face of baseball he was everything you know and um just the fact it, it wasn't just him it was the, the whole league was was doing peds the mlb at that time you know it was that era at some point the, the game was tarnished and someone had to bite the bullet for it and it was barry bonds for the most part i mean a lot of the guys got in trouble but i do think it it does factor in just how big of a name are you if you're a quarterback of a franchise i think you might take that a little bit more serious than if you're just a, a you know a piece I don't know. I think if Tom Brady was doing it, we'd be making a little bit more of a, a, a case as to, you know, the, the severity of it. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in the studio with us. We owe you our last time out. When we come back, it's blizzarding outside. 
But one week until pitchers and catchers report blockbuster trade in Major League Baseball today and our first win total projections for both leagues came out, we break down baseball next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. The Sports Pen lives here on ESPN-UP. Danner Hoops, Jake Durant with you, winding you down to the 5 o'clock hour, almost the end of the workday. We're glad that you're with us. One week until pitchers and catchers report Major League Baseball right around the corner. And a blockbuster trade hit the airwaves right before we did earlier today. The Philadelphia Phillies land JT Realmuto from the Miami Marlins. They continue their fire sale even a year plus later. But the Phils are going all in this season. They had a big step forward last year. They've got a lot of young talent on that roster between Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola. And now they add Real Muto, a guy for baseball fans who's probably not a household name, but he probably should be. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can add pieces, if you're in a franchise who's right on the cusp of, of being able to compete for you know, the postseason and a championship, I don't see why you wouldn't make major moves why would you hold back you know if i was a gm i would be an aggressive gm if i felt like I, we had any shot at, at making it into the postseason and, and make some noise i'm making moves um so so for philly fans obviously they, they'd like to see it um i don't really know a lot about real muto like you said i'm not really your diehard baseball you know aficionado here but um, oh, we're American he, League guys anyway. You know, from, from what I hear, he's a pretty good player, you know, going to help that team out a lot. And, and like I said, anytime you're a franchise that, that's right on the cusp, I don't see why you don't make moves and, and give it a shot. I mean, the goal is in sports to win win championships. If you're right there, make moves and see what happens. I know you got to kind of be careful to not sell your future, but um, you got to be aggressive, man, in all these competitive teams and stuff like that. And, you know, a good move there for, uh, by Philly. Well, Pay, uh, Picota has released their first projections for win-loss totals in Major League Baseball this year. They have no American League team winning 100 games this season. I don't know if that surprises you a little bit. It surprises me a little bit. That as much talent's over there in the American League right now, the way they can hit the ball. I mean, the DH I know is being tossed around the NL, but the American League's got those big boppers. I'm a little surprised there's no 100-win teams. Highest win total in the American League they have this year is Houston. They have the Astros finishing 99-63. and 63. They've got the Yankees and the Indians both winning 96 games and the defending champion Red Sox with 90. How are you going to give Houston 99 wins? 99. Just, just give them one more. Just give them one more. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just because the, the, there's talent there, but maybe there's just not great overall teams. Mm. I don't really know. Um, I could definitely see the Yankees winning a lot of games. Like you said, Houston's always a strong team. Um, that is surprising to me. That is surprising to me. I, I do think there's a lot of good teams over in the AL. I don't know. Maybe they're just they're just not high on on the list. I do think they're, they're gonna there's gonna be an AL team winning 100 games. Obviously, I do think I do think so. There's an AL team losing 100 games. They have Baltimore finishing 57 and 105, which is about a 10 game upgrade from what they had last season. New manager, new year. Hey, as we'll long see. as you're going in the positive direction, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a good thing. If you, I'll, I'll take it if I'm Baltimore. Looking over to the National League, and the Dodgers are up there. They're going to be one of the favorites to win the National League again. They are right now picked to win 95 games next year. That is the most in the NL, which might be even more surprising is that in the National League, Picota only has one team 
winning over 90 games, which is the Dodgers. Hmm. I don't know about that one. I, I really don't. That surprises me even more. They've got a handful of 89-win teams, including the Mets, the Nationals, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and then the Rockies with 85. I think the Brewers are going to be at least it? 95 wins. Yeah, this gonna, year. that's the team that I kind of stuck out to me. Milwaukee, I mean, just look at the year they had. I think they're going to be right back there in discussion. I could definitely see Milwaukee as one of those teams that takes the next step, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I could definitely see Milwaukee winning. Obviously, L.A. is right there, too. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think there's probably a few teams. I still don't think that L.A. is ever going to win no? in World Series without another rebuild. Or maybe it's just Dave Roberts as manager. The teams that they've had, they should have won one by now. If they were going to, they would have by now. But... They'll keep winning the National League. They'll keep getting there. They'll be like the Bills around the late 80s, early 90s. You don't think they're going to just sneak one, even if they're in the conversation nope. year after year? Nope. Not going to see it. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I think they could might be able to do it, man. Maybe if they get Bryce Harper. Maybe. Well, and that's the thing, too, is these odds can completely change depending where him and Machado end up going. Play, pitchers and catchers report in one week, and they still don't have teams. You're looking at Machado, a guy who wanted a 10-year contract from somebody when the Yankees were looking at him, when the White Sox were looking at him. That was back in December. He might be looking at a one-year deal right now. A player of his caliber could be on a one-year deal, and then it's really going to get crazy when July comes around because at trade deadline time, he'll be back on the move again if he's on a losing team. Right. I mean, could he go to a team that's right there? I mean, Mm -hmm. that that kind of opens up the doors for some of these better teams that you know could maybe just take him for a year. And see what he see what he can do, but I mean, the longer you're waiting, obviously, the more the probability of you just getting a one year deal is is growing. So um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, they're kind of cutting it close, right? I mean, they should probably figure this out. I didn't want to say it. Well, I know I need to fulfill my journalistic obligations because I know we have Tiger fans listening. But the Tigers are projected to finish last in the American League Central, sixty seven and ninety five. Cleveland winning 95 games, so I don't buy that. And I don't buy Detroit losing 95. I can see them getting maybe, I'll go 71 and 81 for Detroit. I don't know where that finishes in the American League Central, but, you know, the Tigers will win 70 games. That's what I'm going to pick this year. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good number, around 70. Um, obviously, they're still a team in re- rebuilding mode, but I think they got some young talent. They showed a, There was sp- times last year where they they were playing pretty decent. Um, I don't know. I, I could see them winning a few games, maybe surprising some people. We'll see, but they're definitely in rebuild mode. I mean, they definitely got a lot, a lot to to fix there. Um, I guess I'm a. T- I mean, I don't really have a baseball team. I was rooting for the Brewers. I can't like. I've never been able to just pick a baseball team. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of those sports. Obviously, I'm rooting for Detroit to kind of you know living in Michigan, trying to see that happen. But I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can add some pieces and just kind of see how these young players take the next step. I don't know if this will make Tiger fans mad, but I know Brad Osmus was not popular when he was fired here in Detroit. Now he's taking over the Los Angeles Angels. They're actually projected to go 500 this year. They're projected to finish 81 and 81, and we don't know what they're going to get out of Shohei Otoni, depending how his recovery and rehab goes. But the Angels under Osmus are projected to go 500. Same with the Minnesota Twins under a first-year manager in Rocco Baldelli. Hey, compared to last year as a Twins fan, I'll take that. I'll take 81 and 81. 
Not going to be satisfied with that. I want the bar to keep being raised, but, man, baby steps. Get in the right direction. Hey, why not throw them at 500 when you don't really know what, what's going to happen? You get a new manager in there. How is he going to react to the players? How are the players going to you know, react to the way they kind of lead a team? Um, it's going to be interesting to see, man. I mean, I know LA Angel fans don't want to see him go. Like you said, Minnesota, you don't want to see 500. You want better. Right. LA Angel fans want better. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Good to see it. Uh, put them at 500 just to kind of see how things work out. Um, I do think both teams are going to definitely be, be uh, a little bit better this season. Winding down to the 5 o'clock hour, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. The storm is raging on outside. We've got a nasty blizzard. Almost just seemed to pop out of nowhere. I stopped out for lunch today, went down and got myself some mac and cheese. It was my favorite, so I decided I'm going to spoil myself a little bit today. Seemed fine, and now I'm seeing Snapchat, Twitter pictures, what have you, and it's getting nasty out there, and we're talking about baseball because pitchers and catchers report in one week. I can't wait because we're seven weeks away i think seven weeks from today we'll be throwing the first pitch on opening day right you know um like i said man i, I do tune in opening day um i kind of phase out a little bit once the yeah, nba you know nba and stuff's going on and i'm you know baseball to me it's i'm one of those guys postseason time rolls around I'm, I'm a baseball fan it's hard for me to keep track of what's happening obviously i, I cover you know cover the tigers and stuff like that but um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to you know, baseball is a really good pastime when you talk about summer and things like that. When you talk about baseball, you're talking about warm weather, and I'm all for it. Um, yeah, it's going to be – it's it's crazy just how fast time flies, you know. I know that uh, you get that allotted break for the NBA Finals around mid-June. I feel the same way, except unless the Celtics are playing, it's hockey for me. It's the Stanley Cup Finals that you get that little break for and you get to pay attention to. If the Capitals are playing again, though, this year, I might need to back out from that a little bit. Maybe the Penguins make their way back to it. I don't know. I don't want to see either of them. No, I don't want to see either of them. don't want to see either of them. I don't want, you know, I, I, none of them. Who are you hoping? Well, we might see the Lightning. If I were a betting man, right now I'd put money on the Lightning. Right, me too. There. Yeah, uh, the Lightning are a good team. See, I, I kind of root for two teams. Okay. Um, obviously, the Detroit Red Wings are a team. Yeah. I've always, you know, the Wings. You know, they're you know their team is. They were a lot easier to root for growing up. Yeah, they they were. But you know, you, you're rooting for the young Wings to kind of step it up, and I root for the uh, uh, Los Angeles Kings. Is that and, right? Why yeah. is that? I don't know, man. I, the last two times I've been out in L.A., they've won the Stanley Cup, and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, they need you out there right now. I know. I'm down to go to L.A. If anyone wants to send me out to L.A., it's a guaranteed Kings championship. Send me out there, man. Um, but I don't know, man. There's something about the Kings. I, I, I have no connections with the Kings at all. But just being out in L.A. a few times, Southern California, there was a lot of Kings things happening, obviously. The Stanley Cup was won when I was out there both mm-hmm. times. It was just fun to see, cool to see, and uh, just kind of, kind of became a fan. With that, let's call it a day. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette is in studio with us. Appreciate you being here as always. Be safe out there. Definitely, man. And everyone out there who's driving, you know, get inside. Don't drive if you don't have to. Stay warm and, uh, you know, just be safe out there. Thanks for having me, Tanner. Yeah, a couple of updates. The Northern Michigan basketball game scheduled for this evening with Saginaw Valley State. Those are going to continue as planned. The women will be tipping off in just about 30 minutes. That's at the Barry Event Center on campus. If you're heading out there, 
be safe, be smart. And the Westwood High School Winter Carnival Dance scheduled for tomorrow night after the basketball doubleheader has been postponed until February the 15th. That is a week from tomorrow night. The game's still no word on them as of yet. We'll keep you updated. And thanks for listening to Sports Pen here on ESPN-UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.